I still do a lot of shopping on eBay. I just don't actually hit that purchase button. <laughs> you don't know that. eBay window shopping. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> this is the Travel Freedom Podcast. I'm Tomo. And I'm Megzi. And it's time to collect your ticket to world travel and a location-independent lifestyle. Every Thursday, we'll show you how we travel the planet in style, full-time, for as little as $200 per person per month. And every Monday, we interview digital entrepreneurs who reveal the methods to creating a location-independent online income. So subscribe on iTunes now and discover travel freedom for yourself with the Travel Freedom Podcast. This is Travel Thursdays, episode 027, and this is our budget special. In this episode, we explain in detail just how much money we've saved by traveling rather than staying at home. 5,917 USD spent on accommodation. Yep, that's $8.11 per day. That's ridiculous. (laughs) For two people. Instead of paying $31,200 that we would have spent in two years living in Brisbane, we spent $5,917. Um, what? Okay, welcome to the show once again. Yes, welcome back. It's Travel Thursdays, and today is our budget special because we've been on the road for over two years now, and I've actually had time to go through the data, put it all in a spreadsheet, and figure out what the hell we have been spending. Cray cray. But first up, a little bit of travel news. We're very excited about this article that came out, not one that we wrote, but one that we have read, because it's pretty much a bunch of scientific and psychological evidence that actually proves the sort of experience-based lifestyle we lead is probably going to make you a lot happier than staying home and being a consumer and having a possession-based lifestyle. Absolutely. And the science behind it is really interesting because minimalism is a group that's growing. It's it's like a fringe movement at the moment. And research like this is only going to persuade more people to stop wasting money on things and spend money on experiences. So the question you're going to be asking is how in the hell has science proven that this stuff makes you happier? because people always think happiness is a little bit on the subjective side, I guess. But let's just take a look at some of the stuff the article has been explaining. I'm going to read a little quote out from you. There's a very logical assumption that most people make when spending their money, that because a physical object will last longer, it makes us happier for a longer time than a one-off experience like a concert or a vacation. But according to recent research, it turns out this assumption is completely wrong. So essentially, Dr. Thomas Gilovich is a psychologist from... Cornell University, and he's explaining that one of the enemies of happiness is actually adaption. We buy things to make us happy, and we succeed. But of course, only for a while, because then we want more new things to make us happy, because the old things are not exciting anymore. Oh, something pretty. Yeah. Oh, something pretty. Oh, I have nothing to wear in my whole wardrobe. The ongoing chain of buying stuff to make you happy, you... You forget the old things. They end up in the garage, right? Absolutely. They're gone. Gilovich continues to say that our experiences are a bigger part of ourselves than any material goods. You can really like your material stuff. You can even think that part of your identity is connected to those things. But nonetheless, they remain separate from you. In contrast, your experiences really are part of you. We are the sum total of our experiences. Yeah, exactly. So... That's it, really, isn't it? I mean, your toaster is not part of you. Your car is not part of you. It's something you use. But if you go skydiving, every memory you have of skydiving is about the experience. Yeah. It's something you did. It's not something you owned. It's something you actually were a part of. Well, like you said, with the concert, it's like, oh, I remember that time I went to the Green Day concert in Sydney and it was freaking amazing. Yeah. It's the gift that keeps on giving experiences, really are. I never said that about a toaster. No. I remember that time I got a toaster and it cooked my bread perfectly. We talk too much about toasters on the show. I could change it to something else. <laughs> no, it's fine. I got a massage machine and it did sweet fuck all because those things don't seem to work. It's 
really crazy though. And one of the other things that Kilovich mentions is that even experiences that are negative, like us, for example, hiking in Mongolia oh and God. having to wade through a freezing icy river and take our shoes off to do it. And we were just dying. We were like, horrible. oh my God, I hated that. And yet we still keep talking about these experiences and this sort of shared understanding of, oh, I went on this horrible hike. You can sort of like you can connect with other people. It's a funny story to tell at a party. It's character building. You know, you look back on these things, and even though they were pretty shitty at the time, and you go, oh, I wish I hadn't done that. It's sort of also inspiring to go, oh, I do remember that. And you was, can laugh about it. It's good. It yeah, now. you can laugh about it. Yeah, it is fun to look back at these ridiculously horrible things, like spending 19 hours sitting on a hard seat traveling across China overnight whilst everyone's smoking oh my God. Oh, in the carriage. Ugh. Spitting. Yeah. But it's these shared experiences that connect you more with other people rather than shared consumption. Yeah, exactly. I mean, if you, someone else has also bought an expensive TV, are you going to sit there and talk for hours about, yeah, I got this TV. Does yours have the standby button? Oh, yeah, it has the standby button because <laughs> they're both TVs. They're the same TV. <laughs> Whereas, like, even if you haven't gone on a trip with somebody... You can talk about the place they've been. If you've both been to South America, you can say, oh, did you go to Argentina? Yeah, I went to Argentina. Oh, did you go to that part of, of Buenos Aires? Oh, my God, I totally oh, went there. Oh, you went there, totally. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. And you're like friends for life. Or even if you haven't been there and the person you're talking to has, you can be like, oh, what was that place like? And, you know, it's but like... You have a connection. How fucking long are you going to talk about your new flat screen TV? You're going to say, hey, my flat screen TV is really cool. Why don't you come and watch my flat screen TV? And then you just watch TV. Play Xbox. Yeah, and that's cool. Like, he even says that playing Xbox and talking about TV programs that you like is also a really good way of having shared experiences. It's all experiences I actually talk, possessions. I talk to my brother a lot about TV shows. Yeah. <laughs> to tell you the truth. It's like, have you seen this? Oh, my God. Have you seen this show? Oh, my God. Did you see what's going on in Orphan Black? <laughs> don't tell anybody. Don't. It's good, though. No spoilers. Good. No spoilers. We don't do spoilers because we hate it when people do spoilers. Oh, did you see that movie? No, no! I didn't. Ah, do you remember how that happened at the end of that movie? No. no, no. We're so far behind because we don't get to see all this stuff on a regular basis. So, please, no spoilers. We don't watch this stuff live when it's on TV. No. But if we did we would be talking to our colleagues at work or whatever or people who've already seen this stuff and you're sharing these experiences and this is what travel freedom lifestyle is all about being able to focus more on experiences and this is exactly what we're going to talk about another reason why i'm mentioning this story today is because in our budget we will discuss exactly how the things we used to spend money on and the things we spent money on in the last two years have actually changed quite a lot not only have we spent less but it's just different things that our money goes on and it's better. I buy less rockabilly petticoats now. Yeah. Because <laughs> you can't carry those. You can't travel with those. They take up too much space. Do clothes count as possessions? I mean, they are material things, right? But then wearing them to certain parties. That's true. But do you recount the parties or do you recount the dress you were wearing when you talk to someone about that party? I quite often recount the dress. <laughs> when it comes to rockabilly fashion, you talk about the dress. It's all about the outfit. But anyway, that's a whole different thing. So does fashion count as something that should be considered an experience, the experience of fashion rather than the actual itemed possessions? I think some people would argue for both sides of that argument. That's a whole different podcast in itself. Yes, it is. So we don't know what Gilovich thinks about this particular conundrum, but there you go, think about it. Either way, travel freedom experiences are definitely very heavily on the experience side, and it's awesome. We have so many stories to talk about, and whenever we meet people, we've always got so much shared common ground. If they're travelers too, 
We've always got a million things to talk about. It's amazing. Drive our grandkids absolutely <laughs> crazy one day. Like, like, come over here and listen to my stories. Sit on my knee and put up with my bullshit. Lose their cool stories. <laughs> Who knows? Maybe we'll actually impress them with some of our well, stories. Well, I tied an onion to my belt because that was the fashion at the time. Are we allowed to say that? Is that copyrighted? I don't know. It's copyrighted by Simpsons, probably. <laughs> Whoops. Don't oh, tell anybody. Oh, sorry. Don't tell anybody. Okay. Well, we should really get on to talking about the budget because I know that story was very exciting. We're very interested in that story but I think you guys are probably going to be pretty interested to hear how all our budget broke down. Now, first of all, it's been two years, so we've sort of hit that mark. 9th of April, we hit that mark, and so now I've counted everything up, and we're still tracking our budget, but we probably won't be tracking it quite as accurately as we did for the first two years, because it gets a bit dull, but it is really useful to do. We've been using- It's a experiment. Yeah, it's a great experiment, and it is gonna help you guys understand how your budget may work if you decide to become digital nomads or go on a very long-term trip that's more than a month or whatever. We use Trail Wallet. We talked about this back in episode one. It's an amazing app. It's only available with Apple, though. It's not available on Chrome at the moment. Android. Uh, Android. It's not available on Android at the moment. So our total is about 32,000 US dollars. I'll make a quick note here that we come from Australia originally and all of our money was calculated in Australian dollars. I'm going to be talking about how the conversions worked out. But we're going to use US dollars throughout here because it makes it easier for most people listening to know what that value is because I know Australian dollars, only a very small country, big country, small population. Indeed. Not a lot of people know what the currency is like. So for those of you who have not been following our blog and route closely, we have, as I said, we spent 32,000 US dollars in two years. That's already probably quite low by some people's standards. And that wasn't just us sitting on our ass in Southeast Asia living off $10 a day. No, no, no. No, we've actually visited 22 countries. So let's read them out. Where the fuck have we been for the last two years? Let's do it like one at a time. All right. Singapore. Thailand, three times because Ooh, three times. It, it's a hub city for flights. Yeah, so we've been through a few times. Burma. Malaysia. Hong Kong. China, twice. And Hong Kong is sort of part of China, but it's actually pretty different. Oh, so that makes it three times, I guess. So maybe it's 21 countries. Maybe it's 22 countries. Hmm. I don't know, but Hong still, Kong it's a lot, of, it's a lot of countries. Okay, Mongolia. South Korea. Philippines. Cambodia. India. UK a couple of times as well. At least, maybe three or four times because yeah. my family lived there and we went to visit them a few times as well. France. Italy. Mmm, Italy. Jeez. Mm -hmm. Parmesan, Parmesan. Oh, Parmesan. Yes. Loved it. Greece. The former Yugoslav Republic of Macedonia. Which we're going to be talking about in episode 29. That's coming up, so don't miss that one. Kosovo, which uh, is sort of a country. Some places don't recognize it as a country. We do. Mainly places who are in ongoing conflicts with them. Yeah, people who don't want them. But who want them to be their country. It is, it is pretty land. much a country. And yeah. it is, it's quite different from uh, Albania, which is the next place we visited after that. Exactly. Ethnically similar, but actually the country felt very different. Mm -hmm. Montenegro. Portugal. Spain. And now we're here in Morocco. We are here in Morocco. We're about to head back to Spain because we've got a conference coming up. And we have a hankering for some tapas. Oh my God, yes. So there you go. And $32,000, the total price for the whole two years to visit all of those different countries has actually worked out as 22 US dollars per person per day. Really? Which that's is good. That's really good. That's even better than I thought. That is better than you thought because in episode one, we hadn't done February and March this year because that was back in January and February was our cheapest month on record. So that really actually brought the figures down which was awesome. So uh, how has our budget shaped up overall? Yeah, so it's like what costs money when you travel, what costs a lot less than you think, and how has it compared to if we stayed home in Brisbane, Australia, and just worked for 40 plus hours a week and only had a few vacation days per year? Yeah, exactly. So what has been the difference in our lifestyle with spending less? And how much were we spending before? How much are you guys spending where you are? I mean, you know, try and think about that as we go through these numbers and then you'll see if it's something that will work for you depending on what country you currently live in. So if you've been listening to the podcast for a while, you'll probably guess that it has cost us a lot less. As we were saying earlier, it's actually cost us less than half, we estimate, 
than a regular life in Australia where we just work full time and Australia went out. Australia is stupidly expensive. But Australia is only, it's about as expensive as England, Germany, a few other Western countries like France. It's a little bit more expensive than the US, similar yeah. to New Zealand, right? Similar sort of price, yeah, maybe, yeah, similar. maybe slightly, more. slightly more. Also depends what part of Australia you live in. I mean, Brisbane, it's a little bit cheaper than Sydney and Melbourne, but still quite an expensive city overall. Yeah, totally. Yeah. So let's go through the actual numbers. These are the real numbers that I've pulled out of Trail Wallet and converted to US dollars. Our biggest expense, we're going to do this in order of the most expensive down to the cheapest. This is going to come as no surprise to anybody who yeah. knows us. Our biggest expense has been food. And we've spent 7,137 US dollars in two years on food. Yeah, we like to eat. So think about, I mean, you might not know how much you spend every year on food, but that works out as about $3,600 per year. Do you spend less than that? That's, uh, that's $300 a month, I think. Doing quick maths here. Didn't write numbers down for that. But it's definitely less than we used to spend in Australia. But here's the big difference. In Australia, we used to eat at home almost all the time. With this, we've been able to eat out a lot more often in the last two years than we ate out in Australia because it's yeah. so much cheaper in all the countries we've been visiting. And in Australia, we could only afford to eat out if we had some like special discount code or stuff like that. It was And it was a very rare special occasion that we got to do it. And now we do it all the time. Yeah, which makes it really easy. We ate out for lunch yesterday. It was tasty. And breakfast. Yeah, breakfast and lunch we had out yesterday. So we don't eat out all the time because some countries who visit like UK and France, we had to eat in a lot yeah, more Yeah, you often. can't afford it. Let's and in Morocco, Australia. We've actually eaten in a lot more because eating out some of the food is not very good. Yeah. The Moroccan local food we have not liked. It has not done well in restaurants. It's done amazingly in homes. Yeah, and we've got better things to do than go out in Morocco and eat a burger or pizza. Like, I've got no interest in paying for that. We'll be talking about more Morocco stuff. We had some information in episode 25 on Marrakesh, and we will have an episode on Essaouira, which is where we've been living coming up in a couple of months' time. we found the good food here. We did find the good food. Anyway, so yeah, we would say in terms of quality of life to do with food, definitely much better being able to eat out a lot. Where? And we have actually still spent less by eating out all the time and just finding cheaper restaurants or going and get street food and this sort of stuff. Loads of different options, but that came in as 22.1% of our total budget for two years. And that's $9.78 per day for two people. So that's less than $5 per person per day on food overall. And when you put wow. it like that, yeah. when you put it like that, I mean, seriously, where do you live? And can you even get lunch for $5? No. When I was buying lunch at work in Australia, I definitely was paying like a lot more than, and that could be just like one, that's like lunch and a drink. And that's that. That was the, like, that's $9.78. And that's the price for both of us. Yeah. And that's US dollars. So that's, it'd be more in Australia, it'd be about 12 in Australia. Anyway, whatever. Blah, 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 blah. blah, 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 blah Conversions, blah. we don't care. Alcohol is number two. That's not surprising. I think a few of you probably would have thought alcohol came in number one because we're like, if you know us, you're going to guess the first one. Actually, no. Food is higher priority to us than booze. Actually, it's significantly lower than food. It's $6,034 US for two years. That's $8.27 per day for two people. Now, if you go to England and you buy one bottle of wine in a supermarket, it's quite hard to get a bottle of wine much under four or five pounds unless you go to a real cheap place and get a shitty bottle of wine. So, And that is about $7.50. So we're talking sort of one bottle of wine per day. But I feel that we've drunk more than that in the last two years <laughs> yes. overall. So I think we've probably done pretty well. But it's kind of bad that we spent more on booze than we did on accommodation. Yeah. <laughs> Whoops. But I mean, I think the real point with this section is that we have been going out to drink. We've been more sociable. When we lived in Brisbane, we might go out once a week to the pub. I actually worked weekends a lot because I was a musician. So we really sort of went out maybe on a Tuesday night half the time. We were not getting the same experience that we do going out on Saturday nights now because I'm not a musician. We've got our own flexible hours because of being online income based. It's just completely different. And a lot less lonely. 
Brisbane was kind of lonely. Yeah, it was, it was harder to meet people in Brisbane than it has been to meet people on the road. So it's people had their own friends already. They weren't travelers. They, they weren't going out on Tuesdays. They weren't going out on Tuesdays. We couldn't go out on Saturdays. We couldn't afford to go out on Saturdays half the time because everything is so expensive. You know, if you're paying like $9 for a beer, maybe say that's about $7 US for a beer in a nice place in Brisbane. Like, geez, that's expensive, isn't it? Like, we don't, we can go out and get a whole liter of wine in Portugal for five euros, sometimes less. You buy one beer for the same price in Australia. Yeah, Great. it's crazy, Great. crazy. All right, number three, and we're going to have to try and rattle through some of these a little quicker. Yeah, stop rambling, Tom, I'm rambling honestly. so much. Okay, number three, accommodation is number three. Yeah, 5,917 USD spent on accommodation. Yep, that's $8.11 per day. That's ridiculous. For two people. Like, okay, this is awesome. I love this accommodation one. When I look through the actual stats, I added up what we were paying in rent. I did a conversion on the current. Conversion is $1,300 for a two and a half bedroom apartment four stops out from central Brisbane. So it was a relatively nice apartment. That didn't include bills. So we had aircon and stuff on top of that that we had to pay. That was just to be in the building. No furniture, no stuff. Now, we've been living on the road for two years and we've had all of those things included with a lot of places, like all the bills, all of the furniture, all of the cutlery. You know, that's happened a lot. And instead of paying $31,200 that we would have spent in two years living in Brisbane, we spent $5,917. Um, what? Thank God for cheap accommodation and house sitting, right? Yeah. So we talk about lots of different ways to save money on accommodation in other episodes and future episodes. But yeah, house sitting has been awesome because we've had quite a few months worth of accommodation. We're completely free. Yep. Bartering for off-season accommodation, like where we've been in Essaouira in Morocco, where we've only paid $350 US for the whole month compared to Australia, $1,300 US. And to be fair, this place is bigger than where we lived in Australia. Oh, way bigger. Uh, it's not quite as developed. It doesn't have aircon and those things, but we don't need them because the weather isn't that hot here at the moment. So yeah, that's insane. How much do you pay on rent per day? You know, actually, I think we looked up these figures before. The average in the US is $25 per person per day or at least per apartment. I can't remember the exact figures. But we've paid yeah. $8.11 on average total per day for two years. And that wasn't in a city either. For the no, American no, that staff. was just that an was, average anywhere. It was an average. It wasn't in a city. Inner city prices were much different. So We've lived very is... central in a lot of places that we've been. We don't always live central, so it's been a bit of a balance between the two. But $8.11 per day? Cray cray. That's insane. Asia and Europe, France, UK, lots of different places. Hong Kong, where we couch surfed. I'll give you a couple of links for some of the things that we use in case you're interested in getting involved in those. One of the ways we save money when we do have to pay for accommodation is by using Airbnb. Travelfreedompodcast.com slash air. That's going to get you, if you use that link, $25 off your first stay with Airbnb. Or if you want to rent out your own place, that also gives you some sort of discount. I can't remember how that discount works, but use can't the link remember. anyway because it's going to save you some money. The other one we use, of course, is house sitting. Travelfreedompodcast.com slash house. That takes you to Trusted House Sitters, which is what we use all the time for the free accommodation. Okay, so what's up next? Transport. Yes. So we forked out in two years, 4,810 USD on forms of transport. This is not including flights. This is all other transport. Ferries, buses. Buses. Ferries, buses, taxis, rickshaws, yada, yada, yada. Yeah. Now think about this is $6.59 per day for two people to travel for two years. And how much would you spend if you were commuting every day? Do you spend like two or three dollars on fuel? Do you have to get a bus where you spend two or three dollars a day? 
and that or each way. My maybe. commute in Brisbane was something like three dollars eighty each way. Yeah. And I did that every day, often six days a week, mostly five days a week, but sometimes quite often six. Mm. Public transport in Australia is expensive. And I also had to commute a long way because I was playing at gigs and they were often like two hours drive from where I lived. Uh -huh. So I was using a lot of fuel. Fuel in Australia is also more expensive. So maybe if you live in the US, your commuting costs may not add up to seven dollars per day for two people, but they could do. Depends how far you have to commute every day. I know some people have to commute 20 to 40 minutes every day and they might have to Longer. sit in traffic jams for ages. So I think paying to go to work is silly. Yeah, because that's essentially what it is. You're paying to go to work. We don't ever pay to go to work. We pay to travel and we work wherever we are. So we don't consider it paying to go to work. It's all part of our experience-based lifestyle. Yeah, but of course, if we're looking at transport, we've got to look at flights. So how much do we spend on flights? 2,875 US dollars in two years. Yeah, so that's all the flights except the two that we already had prepaid for before we left home. So, so that would be maybe an extra 500-ish. Yeah, we spent about 500 bucks on our flights out to Bangkok from Brisbane, actually from the Gold Coast, which is near Brisbane. And we also had pre-booked a flight to Yangon from Bangkok because it was the water festival, which we talked about back in the Yangon episode 21. And it would have been very busy to book that closer to the time, plus we save money. So even so, if you added that extra 500 bucks on, it's still only coming up to about four, less than $4 per person per day. Yeah, so naturally it does depend on where you're coming from and where you're going to to start your trip, depending on what you pay for flights. But yeah. the rest of the flight prices, which was about $3,000, would add up pretty close to someone taking long-haul vacations, and that's what they might spend over like yeah, travel. if you'd been going, okay, I'm going to do my two-week vacation in Bali and you live in New York, I mean, hell, you probably wouldn't go that far because it's, it's too expensive. But if you did want to go to some exotic locations that are a long way away from where your home base is, then you could easily spend well over $1,000 each way on flights. Well, this is what Travels with Bender were saying, that it was just becoming too expensive for them to keep going home to Australia. So they were like, why don't we just keep traveling? Yeah, and that's what we found because we have spent $3,000 on flights over two years. Maybe we would have spent that much anyway, but we'd have just been going back to work instead because we've been doing all one way and because we've been going shorter distances between countries rather than just doing big long-haul flights every vacation. Also waiting for less. when there's like perfect prices as yeah, well. Yeah, we have been able to shop around on the prices because we are so flexible. flexible with our commitments. Okay, anyway, let's move on to the next one. Attractions. So we forked out $1,388 in attractions in two years. That's less than $2 per person per day. Oh, sorry, for both of us. Sorry, so that's less than yeah. $1 per person per day. And this includes the entry to places like the Taj Mahal, Great Wall of China, even things down to the History Museum in Prisra and that only cost one euro to get in. I have been tracking things that much in detail that even if it's like one euro, I put it in. If we spend 20 cents on leaving a little bit of a tip for someone once we've had a coffee or something, that goes in. Like everything goes in. I may have missed the odd bit here and there, but almost every single cost goes onto this list. Yeah. So the reason why the price is so low is we either do attractions that we like super duper must do on a discount, or we find cheap or free ones. So there's plenty of things to do in London for free. The museums are fantastic in London and also in Hong Kong, they're free on Wednesdays. Yep. And we actually had a sneaky fake student card in China, which gave us half price entry to all of the sites, pretty much. Almost everybody accepted that. There's a lot of attractions in Paris as well that are free the first Sunday of every month. Oh yeah, that's true. The Louvre is free on the first Sunday. Mm -hmm. And I think the Colosseum might be free in Italy, yep. in Rome. So there's loads of ways if you've got time and you're not stuck to a specific schedule, to actually try and get to attractions cheaper. Now, obviously $1,388 on visiting attractions. If we'd only been traveling two weeks per year for two years, we wouldn't have spent that much on attractions. But obviously we'd have barely seen any attractions because yeah. we'd have only done two weeks of travel per year. So we have really not spent that much on going to attractions, but we've still seen so many things and been to so many awesome places, which has been great. Okay, next up. Entertainment. 
dollars. Yeah, one thousand three hundred and forty-three U.S. dollars on entertainment. So that's everything that's not a specific tourist attraction. So it's cultural shows, cooking classes, which we really enjoy doing when we travel, entrance-free fees to concerts, performances, and that also includes our scuba diving lessons that we did in the Philippines. Yeah, and that was like five hundred bucks. For the two of us, just for the lessons without the accommodation. So actually, that's a pretty large portion of all our entertainment costs for two years. Pretty certain one thousand three hundred forty-three dollars would have been our scuba diving classes back in Australia. Yeah, that's probably it. would have Done. been. That would have been it. If we'd just gone to learn a scuba dive for a holiday, we'd have spent all that money already. So one of the reasons we've kept these costs so low is, well, firstly, we like to find ways to do entertainment cheaply, which is why our alcohol budget is so high because entertainment for us is often just going out and meeting people rather than going to shows. Yeah, yeah, we enjoy socialising with travellers and locals as well, and that we consider that. A lot of entertainment. Yeah, but that hasn't gone into entertainment because that was specifically money we spent on alcohol. But we did yeah. choose to go out and see some live theatre when we were in London and concerts and other things like that to stay entertained. So that's what that's included in our entertainment costs. Yeah, and the other reason it is quite a low cost is because we have tried to get stuff for free, which we do all the time. So hustle, hustle, cooking classes, etc. Some of those things we've had for free all the way around. Yeah, food tours, various other tours that we might have put down as entertainment, we actually got them for free. Going in Italy to do a pizza making class was like half price. So that saves us a whole bunch of money on that. Okay, so yeah, that's entertainment. What's next? Shopping. Shopping. Got to do some shopping, otherwise we'd look like complete hobos right now. Yeah. Now we spent one thousand one hundred ninety-three US dollars on shopping. Clothes, toiletries, replacing stuff that's broken in bags and sat on. We kept costs lower by getting any expensive bits we needed for Christmas and birthday. Yeah. So a few things we got as gifts. Which... I needed new jeans, and I didn't want to buy cheap, shitty ones. So I got my mum to send me money for my birthday so I could buy nice new jeans. So is this cheating? Maybe it is cheating, but we also think that this sort of lifestyle is about tenacity. That's what travel hacking is all about. And that's one of the things we went, okay, we sort of need this. Either A, we're going to approach a company to get it for free and write some sort of article for them or do photos for them. Or we're going to say, okay, let's ask for that for Christmas or birthday and get someone to mail it out to us. Yeah. So either way, without a consumerist lifestyle and no necessity to buy so much stuff or anywhere to put it these days, now we no, carry right. on only. You know, when you live out of a backpack, this is probably one of the biggest areas we've saved in. Yeah. We used to go to the mall every week to, you know, just for something to do. I used to free. just shop on eBay all the time. Oh. Go, oh, pretty shirt. I'll buy that. Oh, look at that. That's on special. I'll buy that. We bought so much shit and we haven't seen almost any of it in the last two years. And I do not give a fuck. I still do a lot of shopping on eBay. I just don't actually hit that purchase button. <laughs> you don't know that. eBay window shopping. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it goes into my wish list for one day. <laughs> Girls got to shop. What can I say? Yeah, still. So we've saved a fortune by not having a house to fill with crap. Another thing we've had to pay money on is visas. So we've paid about $739 US in visa payments. Most of this was in Asia because since we've been in Europe, there's no visa fees for us. No, we haven't had any issues here. China and India were especially expensive. My visa actually cost almost double or more than double what the Meg's Australia's visa cost. Yeah, that's the interesting thing. Traveling on an Australian passport and a British passport, sometimes our visas come in at very different prices. Yeah. So if you'd just gone on a short vacation or two over the space of two years to these countries, obviously you wouldn't have spent as much on visas. So this is just one of the costs of travel. It's a different cost, but really $739 for two years, that's still a drop in the ocean. It's actually only 2.28% of our entire budget. Yeah. And I think one of those bigger ones is just because we wanted to go to India. If we'd chosen yeah. more countries that were visa-free, then we would have cut that cost way down. Yeah, because like the Philippines, 
Philippines was visa-free and South Korea was visa-free. That doesn't mean you don't need a visa. It just means you don't have to pay for it. You get one on your way in at the airport. Yeah. So we're not trying to give misinformation here. No, no, no. No, make sure we you check. We are not visa, visa people. No. Go and check with your consulate before you travel anywhere, people. Some countries get it free, some do not. Yes. Okay, next up is drink of the non-alcoholic variety. Yeah, this is pretty low. <laughs> <laughs> Compared to alcohol, this is 479 US dollars. That's including bottled water, OJ, or even, oh, I fell in love with peach juice. Peach juice. Mm tea, etc. But in a lot of these countries, obviously not Morocco, but a lot of countries, beer is often cheaper than tea or orange juice or soft drink in many countries. And we don't drink soft drink anyway. Yeah, we normally just drink water. And obviously in a lot of countries we had to drink bottled water. So that was a cost. But as you can see, it hasn't made a massive impact on our budget. It has a little bit of an effect, but it's not too crazy. And bottled water tastes better than water out the tap anyway. Yeah. We're not big tea coffee drinkers. So no. that's how the beer options. The beer has become more expensive to yeah. us. Okay, next up, miscellaneous So stuff. this is anything that just doesn't fit into any of our categories. So We've tips. spent 316 US dollars oh, yeah. on miscellaneous stuff. Yeah. Tips, laundry, because I don't like doing laundry. I like getting ladies to do it for me. We do our own laundry sometimes. If we've got a machine at the place, we will do the laundry. I've done a lot of hand washing in my time as yeah, well. We did a do hand washing. hand washing. At times when it wasn't cheap or easy to get someone else to do the laundry, we did hand washing. I should say Meg did hand washing. <laughs> I did some ringing some out. Ringing with your man hands. Yes, my man hands made those big wet clothes less wet. Yes. Then we hung them up and they dried. <laughs> and then we wear them again because we only have like six sets of clothes. Yeah, that's it. It's all underwear. It's just rewashing that bloody underwear. But in Australia, we did our own laundry. Plus also tipping is not a part of the Australian culture. So it also wasn't in many countries that we visited, but it, it is something that's a small fee that you do have yeah. to pay. Well, if you were living in the US, you'd probably spend a lot of money every year on tips. And so in a lot of countries where they don't do tipping, we haven't spent very much. So if you had been staying in the US for two years, you probably would have spent more than $316 on tips oh, and laundry. Yeah. Which are pretty much the two main things in this category. There are a few other bits and pieces that we probably can't remember that just got thrown in because we didn't know where to put them. We've only got two things left. What's next? ATM fees. So we paid, I don't know, like... Well, the official number is $48. But we've had a bit of a fuck up on the calculation with this one, purely because when we started our trip, we had a card that didn't charge us any fees at all. And the only time we had to record a fee was if the ATM we were at decided to charge us some money, which didn't happen that often. But then that card, they changed all the rules halfway through. That's really annoying. And now we've got a card where we pay like $2.50 every time we withdraw money. So we didn't, we'd, we can't track it, we'd forgotten know. to track that that had started happening because that came out the bank. It wasn't money we realized so, was coming out. Officially, it's $48. Unofficially, it's probably more like 200 bucks. It probably is less than 200 bucks because really we don't withdraw money more than once a week. No, we try to keep that to a minimum because most ATM withdrawals, they might charge you not only a withdrawal fee, but then you also get charged a conversion fee on top. Yeah, that's one of the downsides of international travel you won't get. If you stay in one country where you can probably withdraw money for free in most machines and you don't have that conversion thing, we lose a lot of money to the banks, which is really, really Bastards, annoying. you don't need our money! So it's impossible for us to track how much money the banks have actually stolen off us in the last two years just for giving us like withdrawals in different countries. They've got to make their money somewhere. No, I, they don't. They don't. They should do it for free. I hate them. Finally, bribes. Yeah, this one made it on the list. I think we thought when we were going to Asia that we were going to be paying a lot of bribes. I did. I thought there'd be a lot I more. thought there would be loads of bribes, but... We've spent 24 US dollars on bribes in the last two years, of which I'm pretty sure one of them wasn't really a bribe. It was just someone asked me for money and I didn't really want to give them money. And I was like, I'm putting that down as a bribe. <laughs> we haven't filled out the bribe category. I'm putting that down Pretty as good. a bribe. Yep. So three cents a day. Call that charity money. Yeah, payoffs to cops to, to pull you over for dodgy things on motorbikes and whatnot. Anyway, we've anyway. been dribbling on about money, which is still going to keep happening. But yeah, that's essentially all of our expenses. Hopefully you've got some real insight into the sort of things that have cost us money, the ways that we have saved money 
and which parts of our budget have just been so much cheaper than living in a Western country. But I just want to make a few notes about some of the stuff we've been talking about. Yes, currencies fluctuate. Like at the moment, the Japanese yen is really weak against the US dollar. US dollar is actually doing pretty well in general. The Australian dollar, when it's we... Not. It's going really badly. When it was we, really good when we started. It was like around about 95 cents. And now it's dropped to like 76 cents to the USD. So that has made us lose a ton of money yeah. just in conversions. It, but it depends We're, which country you're in. Because some countries, we're getting more for our money. Some places, we're not. I've used a conversion rate of 82 cents. That's what's come out with our 22 US dollars per person per day. You could say that it's nearer $25 per person per day. Either way, it's still pretty good. It's still I'd pretty say. good, isn't it, really? I mean, it just depends on what the US dollar is doing and has been doing. We can't track the change every single day for two years. I do not have the math skills all the time. No, all the caring. But even if it was only like 30 US dollars per day, if you can save enough money to save, like to put 30 US dollars per person per day in a trip fund, like in your savings account, then you're golden, right? Like get out and do it. it. Yeah. I think it's completely realistic for anyone listening to this. If they're willing to be tenacious and they're willing to try house sitting and they're willing to do loads of other travel hacking stuff that we talk in the other episodes. We do not live like schlubs. We do not live on the street. We live pretty damn well for $30 per person. I'm pretty fussy. I have to say, I don't like living in shitty places. And if there's no good hot water or if the bathrooms out there, I've got to have a nice bathroom. I've said this before, nice bathrooms. We don't live in shitholes. So it does come down to your level of travel hacking expertise. When we first started out, we don't know nearly as much as we know now, but two years of extreme travel hacking, if anything, we have let a few couple of dollars slip through the cracks here and there. And the bank thieves. And the bank thieves. Stealing our money. Yeah. But we've discovered that now, more than anything, time is more precious to us than money. And sometimes it's just not worth going the hardcore haggle to save a few dollars or cents here and there. Getting the cheapest flights and trains, having to barter with multiple people for accommodation. It's fun to begin with. And then... After a while, it just becomes a chore and you're like, uh, whatever. Yeah, but now we're earning more money. We're not going to spend as much time travel hacking as we used to. We already know how to do it. We spent lots of time practicing it. So we are going to be able to get cheaper prices than we probably would have been able to do two years ago. But we're also not going to fight as much because nah, we just can't, can't be, bothered. be bothered. Okay, so yeah, that's our roundup of the costs. The only cost we haven't talked about is travel insurance. We do have travel insurance. And on average, that works out as about $1.60 per person per day. This just means that we're completely covered if our laptop gets destroyed. We don't have to spend $2,000 on a new MacBook because they're fucking expensive, right? We Plus, break a toe by you know, uh, kicking it on the corner of a table or something. Yeah, so it's up to you if you go with insurance, but we really wouldn't travel without it. So we've got a discount code for World Nomads, which is the company we use all the time. You probably hear us talk about this before. And we can get you 5% off if you use our link, travelfreedompodcast.com slash worldnomads. And then you just need to throw in the coupon code WN5DP to get 5% off your next policy. Okay, well, yeah, that's it for the budget for today. Two years. Two round freaking up. years. Done. So, See you in two years' time. Yeah, we won't be doing another one in two years' time. This is, <laughs> this is the ultimate episode. Get. So if you want some more tips, go back and listen to the episode again to figure out exactly what the hell we're doing. Make some notes. And we're going to have lots more episodes coming on the actual travel hacking part of how we kept those expenses so low. Right, well, you're probably bored of listening to us by now because it has been a lot of us in this episode. Hopefully you found the information useful. But now it is... Travel homework time. We're turning it back on you and we want to see if you could travel the world $22 a day. Yeah, or even $30 a day, as we've discussed in this episode. You know, could you make this experience lifestyle happen and will that make you happier? Science says that it will. I say it will. Yeah, so it's a philosophical homework today. Put your uni degree to work, Tom. Tell us about the philosophical homework. Are you truly happy? Does the things you'll lose if you leave 
like regular contact with friends and family, balance out with what you'll gain by having a cheaper, freer life and happiness expanding experiences. <laughs> I hope you enjoyed that. Oh, but all seriousness, you've got to like put weigh up the pros and cons to whether or not this is the life for you. And I think you might be in by the amount of pros you find. Yeah, hopefully you've seen from our budget just how realistic it is to actually travel on this money once you get your travel hacking down and you start doing it real style. Don't know what I'm going on about there. It's getting even more embarrassing for me. Okay, so yeah, just think about it. Would you be happier if you left? Or do you love your toaster too much? Thanks for listening to the Travel Freedom Podcast. Show notes and resources for this episode are waiting for you at TravelFreedomPodcast.com. So join us again for Money Mondays to learn how to supercharge your online income. Or for Travel Thursdays, where we'll help you travel like a prince on a pauper's budget. We are waiting for your comments and feedback. So tweet us at MyTravelFreedom. Or email info at TravelFreedomPodcast.com. I'm Tomo. And I'm Megzy. Catch us again on Mondays and Thursdays on the Travel Freedom Podcast. Bye for now. Bye.